Yes, yes, okay. This is VJME, live in the studios from Wakariwood, Uganda. Get ready. Raymond Film Productions. Yeah, 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 okay. Tighten your seatbelts. And Alan Sally, Owentima, Musejawa Kabaka. Now proudly presents. It's our Kariwood Fidimu. killed the captain Alex C. The Ugandan first action party movie. Who killed the captain Alex C? <laughs> yeah. Hello listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents Pictures Power. Wow. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinsky. And I am Bartek on the MIC. <laughs> on the MIC. Yes, we are Spin Posh, likingly, because we are always spinning. And we are the first ever action-packed Polish <laughs> podcast ever made. We are in the top Polish podcast. We are I in think. the top ten Polish podcasts. I don't think any of the other ones are action. So no, we are the action podcast. So, uh, like I said, we're Ryan and Bartek. Uh, Pictures Power Wow is a show that we are doing now, weekly show in which we cover a movie that has come recommended, whether the recommendation is from Bartek, myself, or the listening people. This week we are covering a movie. Not just a movie, but the greatest super action film ever made movie, which was recommended from the listening people. One of our friends from university, uh, Jordan King, recommended a while back that we cover Uganda's first action movie, Mm -hmm. Who Killed Captain Alex from 2010. And that's the movie we are covering. So if you have not had the chance to watch... Who Killed Captain Alex? It's freely available uh, on YouTube, at the Wakaliwood website. Heck, even buy it physically. They'll give you a whole gift package. Yes, they really want you to watch their movies, so they made it very easy to do. They're very happy. Not even just want you to watch it. They're just happy if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> They're just happy that they want you to. Um, that you want to. Um, so we are going to be talking about this movie in depth i mean i laugh because it's like what what depth but no 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 we'll talk about it so if you haven't had a chance to watch it go ahead watch it give it a go warning there is a vj so if you're not accustomed to a vj just prepare yourself there's a vj in it if you're asking what a vj is then you're probably not accustomed to it yeah exactly and you're going to be like what's a vj right now vj emmy is precisely the answer (laughs) the first ever english video joker Well, now you've told them what it stands for. Now they know what it is. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, so, Bartek. Yes. What is your history with Who Killed Captain Alex, the first action-packed super fighter movie from Uganda? <laughs> so there's a there's a um, there's a ritual between friends in the modern day, uh, you know, internet age. Where, because there are so many videos that you can watch on YouTube, you sometimes just send a link to your friends and say, hey, check this out at some point. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, and it's fine. Uh, Ryan and I sometimes do this to each other, and there was one time where Ryan sent me a video which was from the channel I Hate Everything, Uh uh, covering a film called Who Killed Captain Alex. And this was one that I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll check this out at some point. Thinking like oh, if I don't if I do I don't it doesn't matter. But this was one that you kept like pressuring me to like hey 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 have you checked out that video yet? And so I was like okay mm. I think maybe I really should check this video out and I did, and it was a very interesting one. It pretty it pretty much told me everything about the movie without having actually seen the movie. Yeah, and it 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 makes it stick out among all the movies that I know about given its like context and things like that. Yeah, exactly. So this, my history of this movie is that I had seen a reviewed one-man discussion of it, um, but I hadn't checked it out until for this show. Ah, so I have a different history to you. I saw the trailer when it first came out around whenever it was, 2009, 2010. It was like a big virally type one that was on the internet okay and it was just insane you know the trailers what we get from the movie where it's just like uganda first action movie and you see kicking and fighting and jumping and it's just like shooting all the time and just this guy screaming about like super fighter best movie ever made and you're like what is this what is this and then time passes and you forget what that movie was but i would remember every now and then 
in my brain, like, action-packed movie! And I'm like, what was that? And was then, it VJ Emmy's voice? Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> of co- I, no, I would like it if it was that Hollywood trailer guy voice. Who's just like... <laughs> Super action, super action packed movie. I like how we went with the two different trailer voice guys. I went with the big one from like you know the the eighties and nineties with the cigarette smoking voice, where it's just like super action packed movie, and you're like super action packed movie. Like you went for the VHS rental trailers, and I went for the the cinema ones. Coming this summer. The first action-packed super fighter Ugandan movie. In a world with a tiger mafia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my history with it. Then eventually I saw that I Hate Everything video and I thought you would enjoy it because Bartek enjoys discussions and enjoys these kind of pieces of media where it's like the, the making of them is more interesting than the film itself. Like, I would say for us, we get a lot of enjoyment, Bartek and I, from the movie The Room, mainly because we know the reasonings as to why that movie exists more so than the actual movie itself. Not saying that movie isn't hilarious on its own, but like (laughs) we both have a real enjoyment for it because we read The Disaster Artist and we know a bunch of stuff. And I was like, Bartek would be interested in the first ever action-packed Ugandan action-packed super fighter movie mm. and i thought you would enjoy that video and he didn't watch it for a while and then eventually he did and he was like yeah that, that was great yeah i don't know like even like a year or two ago i think i even rewatched it so, yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a fun video so that was that and then never thought about it again and then we got it recommended and both Bartek and i were like <laughs> we're gonna have to watch it <laughs> well we know what this is <laughs> we're excited we're excited now. So Jordan recommended this. Um, I don't know why he did, but I'm glad he did. <laughs> um, so the plot of this movie, Bartek, just to give it a brief rundown, can you? Um, not quite. There, There is definitely some things you can say about it. There is a tiger mafia, which are the, the, bad, guys. the bad guys in this world. In Kampala. <laughs> <laughs> and there are... There are commandos who I think are oh, the police. Guys. They're good guys. They're hired. No, they're the military. Yeah. hired by the president hired of Uganda. Pres- yeah, but there is police somewhere. And that's what Captain the Alex pol- runs, right? No, he runs the commandos. The police are underneath Captain Alex's commandos, who are corrupt because they work for the Tiger Mafia. Right. right. Bartek. So the police is. What are you okay. a diarrhea squirt? It's a side- <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No. I- okay. So the police is a side faction. Yep. There are commandos, and there are the. Ti- Tiger, tiger elite, commando elite. There are uh, tiger mafia tiger commandos. Tiger mafia commandos. But every time VJ Emmett talks about commandos, it's usually about the non-tiger mafia. Unless ones. he specifically says tiger mafia commando, and then there's the guy <laughs> heading into the helicopter. There, yeah. But, well, anyway, there's a con- there's a conflict between these two uh, gun-toting uh, factions. One- super fighters. Super fighters. Um, <laughs> one of them is the 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 not Tiger Mafia is led by a uh, Captain Alex, who <laughs> unfortunately, as the, the title completely spoils, gets killed at some point. But by who? But by who? Who killed Captain Alex? As Richard asks, <laughs> to the camera. There in English. <laughs> in the moment, <laughs> that's right, he did. <laughs> and in the moment where he's killed, we are looking at one character, so we know that that character didn't do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's. A mystery because even the director doesn't know. <laughs> That's right. the uh, The question is eternal because the, there is no answer, there, this, as we know. This is very much like a Ryan Johnson film. It's very subversive. It doesn't want to but, give you answers. But in in terms of story, I think there's a larger focus the film gives to the fact that the leader of the Tiger Mafia, Richard, the most intimidating man, the most evil man, I believe they even said, he in is all of pretty Uganda. mean. He he has a panpipes cover of. Uh, Kiss from a Rose from Seal play every time he comes on. It's very intimidating. Yeah, we see a lot of him and he's upset that his brother, was it Martin? I can't remember, but I do remember he has a beautiful voice. His brother, whose name begins with an M, I'm pretty sure, has been captured by the, the commandos. Yes. And he really wants his brother back. His brother's not dead, but he's as upset as you can be when... As he, ki- he kills a wife over it. He does. Because they're like, just we ex- couldn't save your brother, but we saved one of your wives. He just shoots the wife. No, not only does he <laughs> do that, but, but um, isn't that the line? I can't remember the exact line off the top of my head, but it's like, 
who's this bitch? And then he shoots her, and then BJ Emmy's like, dead. Or <laughs> something there, absurd. Yeah. Oh, and there's also a focus on Captain Alex's brother, who is a student from Well, once from Captain sh- Alex dies, his yes. brother literally enters to be him now. Yeah, and he's a uh, student of a Shaolin monk temple. But he needs a master to teach him how to do martial arts for revenge, but they're like, we can't. Revenge is not the way. It's for self-defense and physical fitness. Yes. As and he's he's fit, by the way. Oh, he's he's not just Bruce Lee. He's Ugandan <laughs> Bruce Lee. Bruce Yu. They call him Bruce Yu. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the plot. It basically shenanigans happen. It's all just an excuse for super action fighting scenes. Mm-hmm. And the in-between parts don't actually matter because VJ Emmy makes sure that you know they don't matter because he just speaks over them. So <laughs> VJ Emmy... Obviously, we were joking around about what's a VJ. A video joker is a specifically Ugandan. It's the way film that, yeah. feature in which it's like for different dialects and stuff as well. So it's like they get a random comedian or commentator to talk over the movie and basically summarize what's happening in scenes in a very uh, jovial, joking, mocking type of way. And it's a specifically Ugandan type of thing. Or African type thing. Yeah, there are a couple of times in the film where he says, "This is how we make movies in Uganda," and like I think the video joker is one of those things. Yeah, well, he does tell you at the very end if you do, do come to Uganda. Yeah, he's got like a video a hall video hall. Yeah. Please come visit it. So VJME, love to. Um, so that is uh the movie's plot, and VJME holds it all together because at first you're thinking, why is this VJ here? But then you realise you do need the VJ, because VJ Emmy is hilarious. Yeah, and and even outside of that, there are this film obviously is in a different language, and there's subtitles, but sometimes there aren't subtitles. Because when, VJ's talking. Yeah, and no, but when, when there aren't subtitles, VJ Emmy picks up the slack and actually tells you what they're saying. Yeah, it's because he's a good guy. Yeah. I love VJ If Emmy. there are subtitles, though, he might throw in a joke about, like, oh, he doesn't like women because he's gay or something. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, VJ Emmy, the reason why the English copy and any copy only has VJ Emmy is because the director who, let's not forget, is in Uganda, a third world country, mm-hmm. had built his computer from literal scraps and doesn't have enough room on his hard drive to keep the movies on there. So once he's done with movies and he distributes them, he deletes them from his hard drive. So the only existing copy is the video is the Emmy one with VJ Emmy on it. So if you're looking desperately for a non-VJ cut... You're gonna be shit out of you luck. Gotta you got to time travel. You you got to do a lot of legwork. You got to find like the Ark of the Covenant and open it up. There's like, oh, there it is. You know how in our Legend episode you wrote director's commentary as part of the title. Yeah, director's cut. VJ Emmy cut. The VJ cut. The VJ cut. The v- the first ever <laughs> VJ in English cut, <laughs> which is a very big deal. So Bartek, mm-hmm. you and I knew about VJ Emmy. Yes. I didn't remember his we've, name. We've, but, yeah, we've joked about him a lot. Last episode, I was hyping up this movie before by saying, you, Movie, movie, movie! Before you even <laughs> said what the movie was, I caught the reference. I'm like, oh, we're finally doing this one. Because I knew uh, it was on the list. But knowing about VJ Emmy and experiencing VJ Emmy are very different things. How was it for you to experience VJ Emmy on the MIC? <laughs> you know what? At first... Uh, and I feel like I Hate Everything said the exact same thing. At first, it was kind of distracting, but as the film went on, it just became a natural thing. I was with him from the very beginning when he's, when we catch him and he's talking to someone else, and then he's like, oh, oh, VJME, the first ever video joker in English, live in Wakaliwood Studios! And then he's like talking, and when he tells us to tighten our seatbelts, I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> In fact, I wished he talked more in it. I wanted more of VJ Emmy. There was lots of moments where we didn't get VJ Emmy, and I was like, okay, we need no VJ Emmy for when we get the diarrhea squirt line, but I would like VJ Emmy in other scenes. But I was, yeah, I was expecting a lot, and I got a lot from VJ Emmy. Lots of inappropriate gags, lots of noises. Just sometimes you'll be like, ooh! Or like a scene will be happening, it's like supposed to be an emotional scene, and he'll be like, ooh! He's like, he feels like Kung Pao. He's like, he's almost like mocking the film, but he's really into it. Oh, no one's a bigger fan of this movie than VJ Emmy. 
Did you know that the movie's on? <laughs> the movie's on, Bartek. The movie's on. And not only is the movie on, but did you know it's Who Killed Captain Alex? The first ever action-packed super fighter movie from Uganda? I can't remember if it was him that said it or if it was the director at, like, the very end of the video. But one of them said, like, you have just enjoyed Who Killed Captain Alex. I instead think... of, like, I hope you have enjoyed. Um, yeah, I also like at the very, very end, my favourite my favorite moment, other than... VJ Emmy telling us that the movie's on and we're watching the movie or when he just says, hello, out of nowhere. My favourite moment of the movie is the very, very end and VJ Emmy's done giving you all the, like, what are the next movies they're going to make and he's telling yeah. you this one's fake and this one's real and then he's like, you may go now. Yeah. <laughs> like, he politely lets us go. He's like, like, okay, like he's, you can go. And he just lets, it feels like he's let go of us from his grip and he's like you, you can, you're free and I could just run off his tone his tone during that was like very calm and reserved like you can go now and I felt like I could go <laughs> now did you have any particular favorite VJ Emmy lines or quotes or moments or things he did any stand out there was a part where he was like very excited explaining what was happening and then he just says what's happening <laughs> I love the bit where you... this is the gift of VJ. He notices immature things that we notice, and then he literally comments on them. A woman is climbing over a wall, and we see her panties, mm -hmm. and he's like talking. Then he goes, "Ooh, Tiger Mafia have good panties," and he's like, "Okay." And then, and and then the then, next couple of lines are like just panty centered. Like, he's like, panty centered. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, and he's just like, "Go in the building. Do it for the panties. Do it for the panties." And I'm just like, "This is what I would be commentating too." I there's a part. There's also a part where um, <laughs> the woman that Alex's was a cousin or brother I already forgotten. I don't know. His brother. His brother, like he he, he finds a woman that's like past that next one. She's got the wife. Yeah, she's got T M written on her stomach, and video uh, Emmy just goes Tiger Ma T M Tiger Mafia. <laughs> and you're like, <gasps> he's connecting the dots for you. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I yeah. like him. Um, I loved him. I I want to meet him. He's my hero. Well, you know where to go. Uh, hopefully, he's still got that video hall. It's been ten years. Any other things you want to mention about VJ Emmy on the mic? Any standout things you want to bring up, or or, or just things about him? Because he is a he is a character. You some might say the main character. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd because he really is as part of this film as like an audio commentary, but he's just so present and like energetic and loud that yeah, it's it's kind of hard to say that. He's not part of the experience, especially since you have no choice but to watch the film with him over it. As people who used to do audio commentary tracks for movies that seemingly don't deserve it, we pale in comparison to the VJ Emmy skills. We we should have been V. Here's a question I gotta ask: Now that we have experienced for our own eyes and ears a VJ in mm -hmm. English, yep. would you be interested in in hearing VJs? in English more often and 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 or VJ that format be done outside of just Uganda would you be interested in having a VJ copy of a movie I'd be interested to see because uh, obviously this is like the one example that I know of and maybe same mm. to you one example of one guy in one film I wonder if he's a like typical style of video joker if there are other like, people have their own styles of comedy or, or commentary. Yeah. Um, him specifically, of course, it would be fun to see another of him. But it's... If this is really how they do films in Uganda, I am curious to see other films from Uganda with video jokers over them. But also, would you be keen on that style, that format, that idea of a video joker come across into other countries would you be would you want to listen to a video joker for an acclaimed hollywood movie that would be bizarre because one of the big appeals of this film which if you look anywhere online this is the sentiment you'll get is that this film is like zero budget no uh, zero budget all heart kind of thing oh yeah, so, yeah yeah so and i was thinking about this when i was watching the film so when You've always got your first project in a thing that you might do a million times, right? And when you, oh, yeah. when you start, you will have an idea of the theory of how to do all that. So, like, you know, you'll mm. have for film camera techniques, lighting techniques, all sorts of different production things. 
and it might seem like you know you're you're holding back a little bit of your your instincts because you want to do uh you want to do it properly kind of thing mm. um but with this film that that uh that that buffer there is a little bit looser and they it feels like they are just doing things that they really want to do a lot of the time oh, still, yeah. they're, they're still doing it properly but you know they're well, like let's sh- let's show off some martial arts skills and you know things like that and 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 that's part of the charm of this film if video joker over something more mainstream hollywood i'd be curious to see because there are, you know, like quiet moments in a lot of mainstream Hollywood films, and mo- well, yeah, <laughs> moments where, like, okay, this is a moment that you're not supposed to get hyped in, but eventually you will. So I'd be curious to see, like, what they'd say about moments like that. I would love specifically for VJ Emmy to do a really critically acclaimed Hollywood movie <laughs> like Schindler's List. Schindler's List or like The Godfather or, or something the God- like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want sad movies and VJ's on the mic and VJ Emmy's on the mic and he'll be like, Schindler will be like, I'm trying to save as many Jews as I can. <laughs> I'm Schindler. And he's just like, this is how we do it in Uganda. He'll have, and then he'll, he'll be like, kick, 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 fight, fight, have, movie. He'll have more fun uh, doing VJ work over like the wedding scene in The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, the wedding, yeah, yeah. Or the wedding oh, party. Wouldn't he? Oh, Tantarella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would love it during the baptism scene in The Godfather <laughs> where everyone's getting murdered. And he's Super like... Super shoot. No, no. Not only that, he'll be like... The movie's on! <laughs> the movie's on! <laughs> and then, like, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who gets shot in the eye in Godfather. Yeah, yeah, him. He'll be like, ooh, he needs new glasses! <laughs> this is how we do it in Uganda! I love him. He'll do, like, a Velma impression. My glasses. <laughs> I would be interested in a, a fellow podcast, film podcast, to adapt this VJ style and do something of their own with it. Like, I know that's kind of an idea of what, like, the Mystery Science 3000 kind of guys do or whatever mm. or riff tracks i guess is that what the, the the western equivalent is is riff tracks and stuff where they just joke over the movie i um i did read somewhere online that uh they described the copy that's uploaded on youtube as being a more riff track style of the film so definitely the comparison's been made but I want just VJ Emmy, is what I'm saying. I want him to commentate over Sophie's Choice. I want him to commentate over the Son of Soul. Oh. <laughs> was there any? Was there any indication of um, you know, outside of post production? <clears throat> did he do anything for production? Of VJ, or like, was he involved in any way? I do not know. But what yeah. I do know is he still VJ's for them. Yeah, because if he <laughs> if he wasn't involved with the production and he was able to make like this entertaining of a of a VJ track, then you know, I'd say I could happy with him doing other films that he hasn't I've been involved with i don't much. think i've ever said vj as much in my life as in this <laughs> podcast that's because you don't have any indian friends named vj i guess <laughs> how dare you um yeah i i agree well if he was in any other production element i'm pretty sure he would have told us in the commentary that he, he was would giving have, yeah he'd be like oh i did this or whatever yeah he would have been like see that handsome man there that's not me <laughs> and then he would <laughs> but be i like, talked to him <laughs> Bruce Yu is no match for VJME. <laughs> like, yeah, so this movie, as you said, is low budget. It has... $200, I believe it was. The equivalent of $200 budget made in a third world country during a time in which there was literal strife going on. Oh, yeah, there was news footage at one point. Of... The very end in which the last line of the movie delivered by an actor was, like, something along the lines of, like, oh, martial law's great. <laughs> we love martial law. We love Gunn martial law. And it's like, mm. when I was watching that, I was thinking like, oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. This is like the the you know aftermath of the the conflict of the film. Then I realized, wait a second, these guys have a low budget. That's real. <laughs> oh yeah, they they were just filming a television. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but these guys had to suffer the worst filming conditions one could. Not only are they in a third world country and they have like this shitty little camera and this old computer made out of scrap parts in which you have to edit. And whatever program he's using. And all of these factors of these are not actors. These are just a bunch of guys who like to fight and have fun. All of that. But then you got, like, the literal conflict that was going on in the country at the time. They didn't have power for several weeks at a time. These people can't get clean water. And yet they made this movie. And this movie, as the beginning tells us, was never meant to be seen, was not expected to be seen outside of his own village. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that we are talking about it here in Australia in 2020, like, 
like this is an iconic movie, which it is. And also, as the movie says, it has the milestone of being the first ever action movie from Uganda. That's crazy, right? It's almost unthinkable considering, you know, how many action films we'd seen by 2010. But Uganda, I haven't seen any movies from there before, so they've True. stumped me there. Yeah, I've seen African films before. I haven't seen Ugandan ones. No, no. I mean, I've seen The uh, Gods Must Be Crazy. Is that an African film? I've seen yeah. that too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm being a smartass. <laughs> Um, so this movie, like you said, zero budget, all heart. Mm. What about this movie's heart really gets to you, Bartek? I guess one interesting thing to point about, and, and there might be a bit of a you know inaccuracy or discrepancy in what I'm saying because I don't know their language, but usually in these kind of films, we describe the acting as being bad. But I don't know if I'd go so far as to say the acting is bad in this film. It feels very... I, I don't think there were too many moments of, like, you know, people, like, laughing while delivering lines or anything like that, which would be, like, a bit no. more of an expectation. So delivering lines very genuinely, very, like, you know, dramatically, <laughs> and not feeling too artificial in a way... I mean, there is the standout scene, the diarrhea squirt scene. That scene is pretty badly acted, even with the language barrier. That... But that's a part of the charm. Like, the policeman who's, like, moving his arms in this way, and he's constantly slamming them on the table and oh, shaking the, oh, the his head. Scene. Yeah. And he's just like, I can't help you, Richard. I love your brother, but I have no power. You could tell he was a bad actor. Yeah. And Richard was no better in that scene. I, I think I think maybe during the... Um, the... T the torture scene where the woman's like chained up I think she might have been smiling a little bit the flashback time. scene yeah. in which There's the heart film. can I tell you that <laughs> that is my big, biggest laugh where out of context it's hilarious but in context it's even better where you have this woman being tortured and he's like you're my wife now or you die and they're throwing buckets of wa cold water on her and they're slapping her and it literally goes like this it's just like she's like oh stop her Ah, and then VJ and me, this is Uganda! <laughs> and then you just, you, then you just hear, ah! and, you just, like, and then he goes, this is how we do it in Uganda! And you're like, this is fucking bleak. <laughs> and the juxtaposition of all those things makes it work. The heart frame. <laughs> the heart frame, the black and white. Because you see, she's meant to be the bad guy's wife, so there must, there must be I love, mean, she, right? she got a tattoo at some point of being in the Tiger Mafia. Even though she says, I'm not in the Mafia, I'm just a wife. <laughs> But then later she's like, I am in the mafia. I got a tattoo after all. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I agree. Like the acting, even though there's language barrier, you could tell it's obviously a bit wooden and these people aren't actors, but you could tell like they're, they're, they're committed. It reminds me of Ed Wood, the film, the film that we had covered and how he had his band of weirdos yep. who were all different levels of terrible actors or great actors and they were all committed to this bizarro piece of work that had heart and soul behind it, but no money. But this is like the the million times a million of that. Because again, like we said, this is made in a third world country during a time of strife with like no money and no idea of what they're doing. I mean, the guy, the director's never seen a film in a theater before. Mm. I don't know if he has in the 10 years since this, but like at the time when they made it, he was like, I haven't seen a movie in the theater. No, 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 no. Isn't that insane? I think one of the things about this movie that speaks to me about the heart of it is the action's great. <laughs> it does what it says. It's a super action-packed fighter. All of the action is fucking amazing. There's that scene... In which, I want to say it's the, the brother of Captain Alex. He's with the the wife that got shot. of Richard's wife that got shot. And he jumps over this brick wall. And you just see the camera quickly pans over. And there's like a soldier guy there. And it quickly pans back. And, Cap and, and Captain Alex's brother just extends his leg and does this massive kick. And the camera tries to keep up with his leg. And the guy just flails off and screams. And it goes straight back to the brother. And they just move on. I have to say, his that moves... That was amazing. His moves throughout the entire film are just, like, super captivating. Yeah, including when he's doing push-ups at the, at the <laughs> water. And... It's like, this guy's physical movements might be 
like, is there anyone else in cinema history that's like looked better? Honestly? I can tell you. Yeah. They already said he's he's the Ugandan Bruce, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he is. He's Bruce Yu. I guess just the the I guess the uh, the juxtaposition of the fact that they don't have like you know special effects or like. A mm. lot of editing things. It's just like I mean, yeah, they you, do have special effects. They do have some, <laughs> some ba- very basic ones, but not ones that you can like, you know, CG over or like. Mm. Y- you just see raw. Like this is what the camera was looking at. Yeah, this is them. This fighting. guy's like incredibly quick moves that like he does four things in two seconds. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And he could kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's probably I, a nice guy. I, that's what I mean. Like they they did what they went out to do. They're entertaining, but they also made a captivating action movie where the action is what's captivating. Not so much the story. We don't care about the conflict between the Ugandan commandos led by Captain Alex and the Tiger Mafia. Led That's by Richard. Led by Richard. Um, the scariest man who just wants his brother and his sweet, sweet voice back. <laughs> <laughs> Not his wives, though. There's too many of them. Uh, his brother is just one person. He has, like, many wives. Do we see the brother? No, I'm pretty sure we never do. But uh, if we do, I forget. Because a lot of the actors play a lot of roles because they're going to have to have a lot of bodies. Yeah. Wasn't there a Russian spy at some point? Yeah, Russian mercenary guy who wore the red singlet, and I don't know what happened to him. And over the radio, Spider-Man. Someone, someone kept saying Dosvidanya or something. Well, like, yeah, because <laughs> Russians. And then, obviously, there's Spider-Man. You remember Spider-Man? The guy who wore a Spider-Man mask throughout the whole movie, or like a hoodie? There was someone like that, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think he had any lines, but he was just there a lot. Yeah, um, yeah this movie is is just insanity captured in a bottle and thrown at your face. Because mm. it's just like, oh, jeez. Yeah, even outside of the um the martial arts scenes, there's a lot of, like, gunfight scenes. And obviously there's a bit more, like, you know, passivity and movements there. But, like, when they... Not like, in their faces, though. Yeah, not in their faces. <laughs> but, like, when they leap into, like, muddy water, that, like, feels quite raw. Oh, yeah. There were so many times I was worried for them. Like, in the bar scene, where they're drinking the paint water, and the guy just randomly throws a bottle at the camera, and you're like, oh, jeez, where did that come from? <laughs> I could see, yeah, in in a more f- first world, say, like, Hollywood, we'll just say Hollywood. I not Nollywood. Not Nollywood. <laughs> we don't watch films from Nollywood. <laughs> not- <laughs> she, she wasn't getting tortured for running away, she was getting tortured for watching Nigerian cinema. <laughs> Nollywood. <laughs> no, but in, in Hollywood, yeah, you'd see, like, you could imagine, you know, they leap into muddy water, cut, and it's like, all right, clean me off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a towel. Here's a towel. They're wearing stuff underneath so that they don't get soaked through. Meanwhile, these guys, they're just, like, in the muddy water, boom. Yeah, sure, we'll use real cow's blood and only stop doing it because one of us got sick from drinking it accidentally. Like, whoops. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> they that's... were meant to spit it out, but they swallowed. Yummy. Like, it's a, it's an admirable film. Like, I have to say, Bartek, out of all the films we've ever covered, including ones on the mystery box, this is the most ambitious film ever made. This is... The most ambitious film ever made. We listed all the crazy stuff that this film's trying to achieve, and the budget, and the 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 context of it all, and and it did it. And here it is today, and it became this phenomenon, and it became this hit, and and people are excited for their new movies, and they're still making movies. And like I said last episode, a part of this movie became an, a meme later on. Yeah, a line got repurposed. Ugandan Knuckles took it and was like... Because one of VJME's lines just happened to be, he knows the way of something. Yeah, and people were just hooked onto that. So this film has a long life. It's been 10 years, and it's still going strong. And isn't that just... Honestly, I thought the film... It's like twice as old as I thought it was. I didn't know it was 2010. I thought it was like mid to mm. 2010s or something. No, it just feels that way. I think just by that time in the mid, mid in the mid teens, it just mm. became like everyone was talking about it again because yeah. people were actually watching it more. But uh, this is an insane project, and I just love that it's captured the world. Like, I'm pretty sure the guy who did like the the documentary on these guys, he was just like some you know, guy, I can't remember if he's English or American, and he heard about these guys and was just so fascinated. He just went straight to Uganda to meet them and kind of distribute this movie and kind of help them 
do films. When you say documentary, do you mean the footage that we see at the beginning and end of the video? There's or? a there's a Wakaliwood documentary and oh, okay. a commentary track as well. And the commentary track has like this guy talking to the director and all that. And I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, there's this guy and you know from the West, and he saw this. And he was so inspired and was just so taken aback. He just traveled straight there and met them. And he's just been there. Mm. I think he's still there. I don't know. But he's been, he was helping them and help them and all this stuff to do social media and to do all this epic stuff. And that's just amazing. You know, it's just like, this is so inspirational. You know, Bartek and I are two people who, who did a creative arts degree, you know, doing drama and, and other elements like writing or film or, or whatever. And, you know, I've met so many people over the years who are like, who have lost that passion for the thing in general because life gets in the way or studying it makes it a bummer uh, and or they just don't do it. And you look at something like this and you go, these guys are passionate and they're just doing it. And it's like, you could make a movie. We could make a movie, Bartek. Mm -hmm. And because these guys, they can make a movie we have no excuse not to make a movie. Like, that's... It's just so inspiring, you know? It's just... It's it's inspirational. Mm-hmm. They're heroes, honestly, of cinema. They're, 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 they're taking the basic form of movie making and reminding us that the basics of film is is foundational it's inspirational it's inspiring it's just all these things because now we know a lot of movies we've talked about it on the show before there's lots of different elements like the hollywood machine and and capitalism and like this is more of a product than an actual movie and like this 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 or or even movies we've done positively and we're talking about all these marvelous flourishes that the, the, the director or the script or the actors put into it all that's great but then you have to have a film like this to remind you what cinema is at the foundation not at e- its core. Not even being funny, showing us the way. Showing us the way. Yeah. This is cinema, people. Martin Scorsese would agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super action-packed fighter movie. Who's the Who's the one that hates Netflix? Was it Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg. This This film isn't on Netflix. Steven it's Spielberg. on YouTube <laughs> and their website, Wakaliwood. <laughs> um, anything else you want to mention? bring up that's in the movie itself because obviously we can keep talking about some of the fun context stuff or outer stuff but the actual movie itself were there any little moments or things that you want to bring up character beats odd choices action moments music (laughs) um i guess one thing is that uh the film is an hour long yeah and uh with with the story being kind of hard to follow, that it is, it did feel a bit of an investment of an hour to like try to follow it along the whole way through. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, super fall in love with it or anything. I still admire it a lot, but um, yeah, an, an hour for for a film that is, you know, struggling to tell its story is a little bit of an investment, and it, it was good to have VJ Emmy along the way there. I ask you this. Do you think your opinion of what you just mentioned would be altered if you had watched it in a group environment? I, I think so. Do you think that this is a movie that would necessitate watching it as a group, not just as an individual? Because I say rooms like The Room and Birdemic yeah, are movies yeah. that definitely you need other people. I like, th- you watch that by yourself. I think, you're, you know. I, th- I think that all so bad it's good films uh, would are way better with a group. And I th- and I don't know if this film, you'd agree that it's so bad it's good, but I, I think I'd enjoy it more with, like, you know, more people around me to, like, not so much VJ Emmy it, but uh, just to, like, laugh at, uh, yeah, with it kind of way. Yeah, I'm. I debate whether it's so bad. It's good. Like, did, did you watch it alone? I watched it with Rachel, with my Rachel, wife, right. and 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 there was a bit where she was like, "Wait, who's this?" And then VJ Amy's like, "Tiger Mafia, Mafia Commando on the scene," and you're like, "Oh, thank you, VJ. He really does fill in the gaps." Yeah. Um, but I reckon that this is a crowd pleaser. But I don't know if I would say it's a so bad. It's good movie just because. I mean, it does fall into those things, obviously, mm. but the reason as to why it falls into those are so out, out, 
way out, out out there for the usual context of so bad it's good movies. Usually, so bad it's good. So bad it's good movies have mad people who are totally delusional. And to an extent, you're also kind of making fun of it. Whereas for this, you don't really want to make fun of. It's it. It's making fun of itself. Yeah. And usually movies that are self-aware make fun of itself aren't usually ones that fall in so bad it's good. The ones that are the best are the ones that are completely oblivious to that. Birdemic, The Room, Troll 2, mm. you know. The thing about those is they're made by egotist, narcissist weirdos who believe that they were making some great art form and had the budget and the means to do so in some way, shape, or form in comparison to this. Yeah. There is an element there of it's so bad as good because obviously the production of it, but the context and the and the the sentiment behind it doesn't fall into so bad as good because it's trying its literal best. And honestly, how can it be better than what it is? Those other movies that we mentioned could be better than what they are. Yeah. They just aren't. But this, there's no way for these guys to make a better movie than what they made, considering the circumstances that, that they were under at the time and the and the amount of skill that they, they have. I mean, they're self-taught people. The, the director's never seen a movie, never saw a movie in, in an actual cinema before, but people like Tommy Wiseau have all the money at their disposal, all this knowledge, all this experience that they could pick up or could have other people to around apply, them yeah. to apply it, and they don't do it. Well, this... You know, they don't have that, and that's and yet they, here they are making a movie. It reminds me of Bartek knows this. I'm a huge fan of collecting... I was waiting for Turf Wars to come up. Turf Wars? Of collecting my friend's uh, high school-made films. So in high school, a lot of my friends would make films for certain classes, and there's a very distinct kind of pattern that these films kind of fall under. Yeah. And... One of my friends, uh, the one that really tipped me off to this, made a film called Turf Wars, and it's like 11 minutes long, and this is basically him and a bunch of his mates just did a gang war movie in our school, and it, the continuity's all whack, and it was just an excuse for them to run around while playing music that they liked in the soundtrack. And that's kind of it. And then the lines of dialogue are garbage, and like I quote them all the time, and it's insane. And then, and then the then I have ones made by girls, and they they're very similar but very different too. Like a lot of theirs is like, like they like playing the music that they like in the soundtrack, but uh, but theirs is more about like vanity or shopping or something like absurd. Relationship dynamics, I think relationships or something. Well, the guys' ones are always like, what excuse can we have to run and do a flip? Of some sort, and the girls' ones are like, can we make some reference to vanity in the form of shopping or looks? I want to see Ugandan girls film now. (laughs) I do want to see Ugandan girls film. Uh, Get on it, Wakaliwood, if you haven't made it already. Uh, They do have Ebola. I wonder if that one's (laughs) one. But uh, it reminded me of that. Those people in my high school who just had a camera and they had a set of ideas that they wanted to do, but they didn't know how to do it. And they just did it and made it and released it. You know, in my spare time, every now and then, I like to make funny, absurd little videos as well, like video projects that I mainly make them to make people laugh, like Bartek. Like one that we always talk about is I made this like 30 second video called Fun. <laughs> I think that's twice the length of what it is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something really absurd, like 20 seconds long. And it's just like uh, still like just me shooting like this puppet head I made sitting in a wheelchair and then using different filters on it and zooming in and out with this funky drum music and then it just ends <laughs> abruptly. <laughs> like Captain Alex, who killed Captain Alex when that movie just en- ends abruptly with We Love Martial Law in Uganda and then like explosion sound and then the text comes up and then it's like Who killed Captain Alex? And we never found out. Does that bug you that we never found out who killed Captain Alex? Um, because in the scene itself, when he dies, it is very vague. It is very vague. They they establish the mystery. There's the, the first act of the mystery. Um, if the film and the film did focus on the fact that they didn't know who did it for quite a while, but by the end, I think they kind of lost interest in <laughs> answering the questions. So to an extent, it doesn't bug me. And also, I, I don't quite know every character. <laughs> yeah, like, if they said, it was you! And you're like, of course. 
Maybe it was martial law. Yeah, exactly. It was the, <laughs> not the Tekken character. It was the president who hired him. <laughs> uh, I I'm not gonna lose sleep over wondering who did it. You're not gonna rip out your hair, cry over <laughs> it, like need consultations about like who killed Captain Alex. No, he's I, shaking his head on this one, guys. I think mm. I had a dream last night about where I cried, but I don't think it was over this film. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Bartek. Can you tell us your dream? Why were you crying? It's going to sound silly if I tell it. Is it about... <laughs> so there were two incidents that happened in the dream. In the first incident, uh, someone threw sh- fake shit at me. <laughs> I like how you know it's fake. Because it was a prank. Like, and that made I, you cry? I was let... No, no, no. And then in, there was a second incident where someone threw something red at me. And that made you cry. And the fact that it happened, like, twice in such a short period of time felt like everyone was against me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's some sort of, like, psychological analysis to this dream, but it was only a dream. I'm sorry, everyone, for laughing so hard and loud. The the fact that you're, like, what broke you down wasn't just that it happened, but it was, like, that people were against you. I mean, there were a lot of people around me when it happened, and I think they were all in on the throwing, so... (laughs) And me, I don't remember my dreams. <laughs> so to me, this is the most absurd thing that I'm having happen right now. Um, my dreams are your dreams, Ryan. Of course. Anything else you want to discuss about who killed Captain Alex, other than it's a super action-packed fighter? Uh, dinosaurs I... were there. There were dinosaurs, yes. And, it, you know, considering that apparently birds are the evolution of dinosaurs, that's not inaccurate. VJME's correct on that one. Yeah. Give him a point. Yeah, why, why are you guys making dinosaurs a meme? It's literally a f- science. Exactly. Um, I think we've roughly covered most of the points, right? Yeah, I can't think of much else to say. It is just a movie with a lot of heart and a lot of soul, and it, it is an inspiration. And i got to ask, are you going to check out other Wakaliwood films? I'll check them out with you. Okay. <laughs> Not, not with unless your answer is no, in which case I'm screwed. Never. <laughs> um, I would like to see a, others, especially if VJM is there. He's, he's, he's cool. Apparently, I heard like they, they, they aired their new newer film at the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh wow! And VJM was there live <laughs> to talk over well, so he was everything. Doing like a live riff tracks kind of thing. He was doing a live, not riff tracks, VJ. video jogger. Yeah. VJing. He was VJing. And, like, they apparently had all this crazy nonsense about, like, halfway through the film stopped and, like, the like uh, a bunch of them got up and started yelling at the, 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 the film festival people for being too cowardly to not <laughs> put on the rest of their Ugandan action. That's, yeah, that's... Like, their Ugandan films. Like, apparently, like, a whole show. That's on the Canadians. That's not on the Ugandans. Yeah, that's not Ugandans' fault. Um, that's, yeah, that's about it. This is just, uh... It's just great. I mean, yeah, there are negatives that you could obviously talk about that we didn't bother doing because what is the point? Honestly, what's the point of just being like, oh, yeah, of course, there was a random smudge on the camera for a lot of scenes or, like, the lighting's terrible, the audio's bad or, like, the special effects are bad. Like, obviously, (laughs) early early on they had They had that scene where the lady was singing in the the pub thing Mm. and uh, when she stopped singing, the song was still playing. I was going to say, thank you for reminding me about that. Bartek, I'm sorry to say it, but uh, the one song in this movie, better than all eight songs in Main Huna. I'm sorry to say it. Oh, dear. Sorry to say it, but I, I love the song. No, the two songs, sorry. The ending credit song where he's singing about his grandmother that they love so much. Mm. The, both, two, the, two, the two songs that appeared in this movie, better than your Bollywood movie. It's not my Bollywood movie, it's India's Bollywood It's movie. your Bollywood movie that you brought onto this podcast. <laughs> mm. The one that you called a childhood classic. It so, is. I'm sorry, Bartek, but uh, Uganda just knows how to inject music into their movies better. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, I'm soz. Well, you, well that's, I, I mean, I wasn't upset even before you said soz, but you did say soz, so I, I'm obligated to like Take be it. respectful now. Okay, cool. Um, So, that's it, Bartek. <laughs> Uganda, VJ Emmy, we can untighten our seatbelts now. We yes. may go. <laughs> okay, you may go.
So, but if you stick around, you'll hear more. Oh yes, such as our episode movie next week, Bartek. I believe it falls onto you, dear yes. sir. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, super. <laughs> the best of the best movies, <laughs> Bartek. What movie are you going to subject us all to next week? I am sticking to my implications from last week. I have picked the German film. The one, the only, the German film. Uh, it from is, 1945. If 1945 <laughs> is 2008, then yes. Uh, this film is called, the English title is The Wave from 2008. I believe the German title is Die Welle. Don't speak that filthy tongue in here. <laughs> uh, sorry in German. Uh, and das Boot, that's what das that is. Das Boot. Is that, does that mean that's a boot? No, it means sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's what that isn't that what dust booth means? <laughs> I actually don't know. Good. I've heard the phrase, but not sure. What it means. So yes, the 2008 film, The Wave. The Wave. Um, hopefully, I can get an easy copy of this. Same. Obviously, subtitled version. Obviously. Yep. Yep. Since it's a foreign film, I always got to make sure to say that because with story of Ricky, we watched it with dub. So obviously, subtitled copy. I don't know if there is a dub copy, but just saying, yep. two thousand eight, the Wave, German film. Very excited, Bartek. The German film. The German. The only one we'll cover from Germany, I think. Maybe. Do I know any other German films that I want to do? Oh, we already did Thunderpants. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the gas, of course. The gas. The gas. Um, and the two Swiss visitors. <laughs> so, we, that's an old reference. So, you can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Polish Presents. Feel free to follow us on there. We are always making interesting posts, asking questions, giving supplemental material. Last episode, we did Legend. So, throughout the week, there's been a lot of questions and debates about certain elements of that movie, like Tim Curry performances everyone likes, or, or Ridley, Ridley Scott, Scott yeah. films and all of that. A lot of hot takes from people. I forgot he did Thelma and Louise. Who who could? I did. You. you I didn't even know you've seen it. I talked about it on my first podcast before you did. Me. <laughs> before I talked about it on your first <laughs> podcast. Be- before you entered my life, but I phrased it as you did. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, you can find us on there. Uh, we have our YouTube page as well. That's always a fun time. Our email is in the description, but if you do want to email us with your comments, movie suggestions, uh, random opinions, all of that kind of nonsense. Funny, funny gif? I don't know. Can you email gifs? Yeah, I've done it. I've emailed mass gifs in one email before. And I'm talking like 2010 era of internet. <laughs> okay. Our email is spitandpolished at gmail.com. You can easily email us there with your scams. <laughs> we have received one. I believe it was in the uh, Major Pain episode. That's right. Yeah. Um, and Bartek, yeah. they can rate and review us on whatever podcatcher allows it. Yes. Do we appreciate that? Yes, we do. Do we need it? I, I'd like it. Okay. Bartek usually doesn't like things, so that's a pretty big thing for him. You know, there was a very, very long time between us starting the podcast and us really getting, like, you know, a lot of interaction on the internet, and we we, we kept going. Yeah, nowadays we interact with people on the internet and tell them that they're wrong about duplex or something. (laughs) I don't know. It's a decent film, guys. Get over it, Julio. So, um... Bartek, a pleasure as always. Yeah, yes. It was a fun, super action-packed time. Until next time, listening people. Movie, 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 movie! Yeah! Alvidozane, baby! Okay, you can go.